You're listening to Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 FM KCSU Fort Collins for Tuesday, October 17th. I'm Lee Zimpel, your news director. And I'm Tyler Weatherwax, your assistant news director. And we are the voices behind the Rocky Mountain Review news broadcast that airs every Tuesday and Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. As always, we here at the Rocky Mountain Review strive to give you the most up-to-date, unbiased, and factual news. On today's show, multiple buildings on campus will be getting some upgrades to improve research at CSU in a couple ways. This and more with Tyler in Campus News. And a new community center is coming soon to Fort Collins. It'll bring a range of new amenities like Lazy River or a new library. Learn about the project and more in local news with Lee. Then in events news, Tyler will give you a rundown on what you need to know if you're trying to see some live music in Fort Collins soon. Later on in the broadcast, Elijah McLean was a black man who was killed in 2019 after an encounter with Aurora police. His case has multiple trails lined up for those, multiple trials lined up for those involved. So far, one officer has been charged, one has been acquitted, and this week the trial for a third officer begins. This and more with Lee and National News. And with that, we'll get started with campus news. Exciting new upgrades will be coming to CSU's Laboratory for Advanced Lasers and Extreme Photonics. The state-of-the-art, world-class laboratory deal with the research of pulse lasers, advanced film growth, and novel NATO meteorology. A public-private deal will be coming to the lab that will bring in major upgrades over the current technology. The deal will reportedly be a $150 million development and will relate to the semiconductor chip-making process, material science, and high-energy physics. However, the most exciting new technology research being introduced to the lab is clean fusion energy. The new tech will be coming to the school soon and has changed up the way the lab is able to conduct research. More changes coming to campus will also include a brand new veterinary complex. According to an article from the Collegian, the expansions will be coming to the veterinary medicine and biomedical sciences, the second best program in the country. The expansions are expected to build upon and improve the current facilities in two major ways. One of the major changes coming are expansions to the James L. Voss Veterinary Teaching Hospital, while the other is a new curriculum designed for the doctoral program. The new facilities have a goal of a night in the Lori Student Center Theater will be the legacy leaders celebrating 29 years of Pride event. The event will be free and there is no need to RSVP. The night begins at 6 p.m. and will include a dinner and a short documentary. A new community center will be coming to Fort Collins. Learn about this with Lee in local news. A new outdoor pool and library are coming to Southeast Fort Collins soon as part of a new community center. The city of Fort Collins officially announced Monday plans for the location, amenities, and the partnership to make it a reality. The city will partner with Porter School District River Public Library District to bring the new community center next to Fossil Ridge High School. In addition to bringing an outdoor pool, there's a possibility for an indoor pool, too, that could be used for school and community needs in the future. The project partners are calling the new center a community innovation center. Officials are still in the process of some final government agreements, but they say they are committed to following through with the project to make it a reality. Poudre School District will provide the 10 acres of land next to Fossil Ridge for the center. The city will build the center itself with the outdoor pool, and the addition of indoor aquatics will remain a possibility for the future. Poudre River Public Library District will help with construction costs for the library. News release said that once this new library and its multi-purpose space is open, the Council Tree Library in Front Ridge Village would close. 
Although the project was officially announced Monday, construction probably won't start too soon, and the news release said that construction could begin in 2025. The project for a Southeast Community Center gained some of its funding when voters approved the Community Capital Improvement Program in a 2015 tax ballot issue. Back when the project was approved, the center was expected to cost around $14 million because it would include a handful of functions like a performative space, a fitness room, and a big outdoor pool that would have water slides and a lazy river. In 2022, staff suggested a phased approach to later add more pool amenities to meet more community needs. This proposal gave more time for working out a partnership with PSD and the library district. This second proposed phase would need some more funding, though, according to the release. The funds would be for the addition of indoor pool facilities, as well as for ongoing operation and maintenance. In the upcoming November 7th election, the Fort Collins community will get the chance to vote on this additional funding for the new community center. City Manager Kelly DiMartino said in the release that it's exciting to see three public agencies working together to address multiple community priorities. She said that she was delighted that the city could advance its promise for the new community center with the added benefit of a co-located library plus the possibility for even more indoor expansion. PSD Superintendent Brian Kingsley said he hoped the partnership would result in enriching multi-use spaces for both students and the community in the coming years. Library District Executive Director Diane Lapierre said that the project was an opportunity to replace Council Tree Library, which is, quote, too small to offer all the services of a modern library. According to the Coloradoan, community response to the project and adding it to the upcoming ballot has been positive. Multiple community members during public comment spoke in support of the plans, especially to meet the needs of the city's six schools that use two city pools for their practices. If the project was built to staff's full vision, the city said it would increase the cost from the initially proposed $14 million in 2015 to about $66 million, but the city would likely cover about 42 to $42 million of that total. You can find more details about the project in the official press release on the Fort Collins Chamber of Commerce website. The Poudre School District's controversial plan to consolidate schools received plenty of public backlash from students in the community, including a 200-student walkout last week at Polaris Expeditionary Learning School. Now, PSD decided to delay the vote, putting the plan on hold during a Board of Education meeting last Tuesday. Originally, the consolidation plans would go into effect for the 2024-25 school year. In the meeting, PSD Superintendent Brian Kingsley said that the district should instead take an extra year to move forward with changes, shifting the focus to the 2025 issues in local schools. The plan called for splitting up several local alternative schools, including K-12 Polaris Expeditionary Learning School, and relocate students to other campuses. According to KUNC, school board president Rob Pedersen said, quote, Clearly, we've heard from you that there are nuances, factors, specifics that need to be better considered by us in the planning that goes into that. Pedersen said that community engagement in the issue would be key moving forward and that the delay in voting didn't mean that the consolidation plans were completely off the table. He said that the delay doesn't change the nature of the problems that need to be solved. Some of those problems include district-wide declines in enrollment and funding cuts. 
During the board meeting Tuesday last week, Superintendent Kingsley said that the district's budget for repairs was completely used up last year when they needed to replace just one part in a heating and AC repair. Kingsley said, quote, And one day in the first week of school, our district went into the red. Last week, the district released details about the consolidation plan just a couple days before the Board of Education was set to vote on it. The seemingly short notice caught many students and parents off guard, sparking community backlash where many expressed they felt left out of the conversation. The decision to push the plan back to a year, though, has put some of those concerns to rest. The pause could be an opportunity for better collaboration between officials and the community. Polaris senior Arier Weiner who's been with Polaris since kindergarten and values that community along with many other students, said that the extra year could allow the plan to be done with community input, which could help the changes happen more successfully. The district is now planning to explore other possible solutions to address enrollment and funding issues beyond school consolidation. Information for this update comes from KUNC. With Colorado's November coordinated election now less than a month away, you might have received a notification recently that lets you know your ballot is on its way to you. If you haven't and you want to register for some key upcoming elections, it's not too late. Here's a quick Colorado voter guide. Colorado has a handful of elections coming up through the rest of the year into the next. The first one to put on your calendar will be Tuesday, November 7th. This will mark Colorado's 2023 statewide ballot, where voters will be considering two tax-related questions. Tuesday, March 5th, will be the presidential preference primary. Then Tuesday, June 25th, is the statewide primary election to decide political parties' nominees for statewide and local offices. Then November 5th in 2024 is a presidential election year. All seven of Colorado's seats in the U.S. House of Representatives will be decided. In Colorado legislature, voters will look at all state representative seats and some state Senate seats. A more in-depth rundown of what next month's ballot has voters deciding on can be found on the Coloradoan. But before you need to know that, you, of course, have to register to vote. In Colorado, you can register to vote at any time, including on the day of an election. If you need to see if you're already registered, you can visit the website GoVoteColorado.gov. From there, you'll find a page called Find My Registration, and it will give you important details like your party affiliation, where to vote in person, and what's on the ballot. In Colorado, you can register to vote at 16 years old, but you can't actually vote until you're 18. Some other requirements to vote are to be a U.S. citizen, to be a Colorado resident for at least 22 days before the election, and to not be serving a sentence of confinement or detention for a felony conviction. You can register online at GoVoteColorado.gov, or you can download and fill out a form from that same website to send to your county clerk's office. You can also register in person at a voter service and polling center. There's plenty of information available to you out there, including from CSU about how to vote, understanding a ballot, and more. Even if you want to wait to register the week before an election, you can still vote. You'll just have to go to a voter service and polling center to pick up your ballot. That'll be it for local news. Up next is Tyler with a rundown for some upcoming events and more after the break. Sorry I'm late. I was putting in some extra work after practice. No worries. Destiny Thurman from the CSU women's basketball team. 
Did you catch the play-by-play? Dang it, I missed it. Has this ever happened to you? You can't catch everything in real time, especially when you put the work in on other tasks. Thankfully, KCSU has your back and you can still listen to our sports shows on demand. Check out the sports page at kcsufm.com or download the KCSU app on your phone. Catch the rebroadcasts of our sports shows and check out other sports-related podcasts. We got you covered on sports news talk and entertainment on kcsufm.com or the KCSU app. Looking back at some of the events that happened in Fort Collins, there was plenty of fun to be had and plenty more coming. This weekend with synth-pop artist Roosevelt played at the Aggie Theater on Saturday night and was presented by KCSU. Coming up tonight uh, at the Lyric, there will be a creative writers meetup, which is partnering, partnering with Old Firehouse Books. Tonight will act as a space for creative writing to come together and share their upcoming projects and offer or receive critiques. The event begins at 5 p.m. and ends at 6.30. Also tonight at the University Center for the Arts will be Oliver Shu. Oliver is a solo artist who is an activist for contemporary music. The award-winning artist will perform tonight and tickets are free and open to the public. The concert will begin at 7.30 p.m. Tomorrow night we'll see live music at both the Aggie Theater and the Lincoln Center. Starting first at 7 p.m., the Fort Collins Symphony will be recording their will be performing their haunting concert, Spellbound, a Halloween concert. Tickets for the concert start at $12. Starting later at the Aggie Theater is the singer-songwriter Eddie Flint with Grayson Ratcliffe and Cade Hoffman. The concert will begin at 8 p.m. Next in national news, Elijah McLean was a black man who was killed in 2019 after an encounter with Aurora police. His case has multiple trials lined up for those involved. So far, the officer has been charged, one has been acquitted, and this week the trial for a third officer begins. This and more with Lee in national news. KCSU is supported by Washington's, supporting live and local music in Fort Collins. Upcoming shows include the Badass Babe Fest on Saturday, October 28th, the ultimate 90s and 2000s Halloween party. Tickets and info at washingtonsfoco.com.
and I'm back with your national news. Last week, one Colorado officer was convicted and another was acquitted in the death of Elijah McClain. Now, a second trial in his case is set to look at another officer this week. Elijah McClain was a 23-year-old black man who was killed after being put into a chokehold, pinned to the ground, and ejected with a powerful sedative after an encounter with police in Aurora, Colorado. He was stopped by police following a suspicious person report as he walked home from a convenience store. His name became a rallying cry in protests over racial injustices in policing. His case is one of several that were revisited after the police killing of George Floyd in 2020. In the trial from Thursday, October 12th, jurors convicted the Denver area police officer Randy Rodima of criminally negligent homicide and third-degree assault. They found his partner, Officer Jason Rosenblatt, not guilty. Rodima now faces up to three years in prison on the more serious homicide charge. McLean's mother listened to the verdict from the front row. She expressed disappointment in the ruling. According to AP News, as she walked away from the courthouse, she said, quote, This is the divided states of America, and that's what happens. Now, opening statements were set for Tuesday morning this week in the trial of another officer who was charged for his possible role in McLean's death. Officer Nathan Woodyard, who has been suspended by the Aurora Police Department while waiting for the outcome of his trial, has been charged with manslaughter and criminally negligent homicide. His indictment says that Woodyard put McLean into two separate chokeholds, causing McLean to go unconscious, then climbed on top of the unarmed 23-year-old when he came to. His trial is separate from the other two officers, Rodima and Rosenblatt, who first responded to the call about McLean. Two paramedics, Peter Sitchenik and Jeremy Cooper, who gave McLean an excessive dose of the powerful sedative ketamine, possibly contributing to his death, are also being tried separately. They're scheduled to be prosecuted in the final trial of the case next month. McLean's case didn't get widespread attention at first, partly because the first autopsy didn't say exactly how he died. But after the protests over Floyd's death, Governor Jared Polis directed the state attorney general to reopen his case. Last year, a grand jury indicted three officers and two paramedics, and now their trials have been set in motion. Forensic pathologist Dr. Stephen Cena, who performed McLean's autopsy, said he changed his findings after looking at police body camera footage, pinning the blame on ketamine. Contributions to this update come from the Associated Press, Nine News, and CBS. This week, Colorado's highest court upheld the search of Google users' keyword history to find suspects in a 2020 fatal arson case. The Google search warrant led to the arrests of three teens in a Denver house fire that killed five people. The Google warrant from Denver police was a controversial move. Critics said it threatened people's privacy in their constitutional protections against unreasonable searches. But on Monday, in upholding the validity and constitutional fairness of the online warrant, the Colorado Supreme Court emphasized that the ruling was only specific to this one case, not that it was making a broad statement. The warrant required Google to provide the IP addresses of anyone who was searched over a period of 15 days for the address of the, of the home that was set on fire. There was some back and forth over how Google would be able to give that information without violating its own privacy policy. Eventually, Google settled on providing the IP addresses without names. 
Five of the eight IP addresses given to police were based in Colorado, and police were then able to find the names of those people on their own through another search warrant. The investigation led to the arrest of three teens as suspects. One of the arrested teens, Gavin Seymour, asked the court to throw the evidence out, arguing it violated the Fourth Amendment's ban on unreasonable searches by being overly broad and not targeted against a specific person suspected of a crime. Normally, search warrants are made after police find probable cause to believe a specific suspect committed a crime, but in this case, the trial went cold. Investigators believed whoever set the house on fire would have looked up directions to it, and that this reverse keyword warrant was the way to find those suspects. The Colorado Supreme Court ruled that the warrant was, quote, constitutionally defective for not having a specific probable cause, but that it still wouldn't throw out the evidence because police were acting in good faith under what was known about the law at the time. According to the court, this unique type of warrant hasn't been dealt with before. Justice Monica Marquez, who opposed upholding the warrant, said that this kind of wide-range shirts of a billion Google users' search history without a specific target is exactly the kind of warrant the Fourth Amendment was designed to stop. She said she feared upholding this practice could give law enforcement the unprecedented ability to access the private lives of people not just in Colorado, but nationwide and across the globe. In a statement, Google said it was important that the court's ruling recognize the privacy and First Amendment rights involved in keyword searches. According to the Associated Press, the court's ruling allows the prosecution of Seymour and Kevin Bowie, who were 16 years old at the time of the fire, to move ahead in adult court on charges of first-degree murder, attempted murder, arson, and burglary. Investigators say Bowie organized the attack because he mistakenly believed the people in the home stole his phone in a robbery. Over 4,000 are dead since the war between Israel and Hamas began 10 days ago, making it the deadliest of the five Gaza wars for both sides. More than a million people have fled their homes in the Gaza Strip in preparation for an expected Israel attack that aimed to eliminate Hamas's leadership. Now, aid groups are warning an Israel ground offensive could hasten a humanitarian crisis. With humanitarian aid blocked at the Egyptian border, Gaza is getting closer to total collapse as thousands of Palestinians search for aid while Israel maintains punishing airstrikes in retaliation for Hamas's deadly attack. Here are some of the latest updates on the war, as reported by AP News. Secretary of State Antony Blinken announced that President Joe Biden will visit Israel on Wednesday. Biden is postponing his trip to Colorado, where he planned to talk about his domestic agenda in Representative Lauren Boebert's district. A water shortage continues across Gaza, and humanitarian workers warn of the risk of disease from drinking untreated water. Overwhelmed doctors and guys of water, fuel, and medicine are running dangerously low. Hundreds of civilians killed in the Hamas attacks have yet to be identified by Israeli forensic teams. If you want even more recent in-depth coverage of the war, those updates and more are available through the Associated Press website. All information comes from AP News. That'll be all for national news. After the break, you'll get an in-depth CSU sports report with KCSU's Austin Martin. Girl, I'm feeling some college radio vibes. Oh, 
I got you, baby. You know that college radio is more than just the Coachella lineup, right? It's also like metal and sports and EDM and news and jazz and KCSU, where college radio is more than just college radio. Hi, I'm Austin Martin, Assistant Sports Director at KCSU. Here's what's going on this week in sports. CSU football pulled off an amazing comeback, beating the Boise State Broncos 31-30. The Rams trailed the Broncos by 20 points, and with five minutes remaining, the Rams battled back and put together three touchdown drives, including a 33-yard Hail Mary game-tying touchdown pass to Dallin Holker as time expired. CSU kicker Jordan Noyes converted the game-winning PAT with no time left on the clock. Rams quarterback Braden Fowler-Nicolosi was awarded Mountain West Freshman of the Week. He was added to the Manning Award watch list after earning Manning Award Star of the Week, as well as the Davy O'Brien Awards Great Eight list, and he also received the Earl Campbell Tyler Rose Award, which recognizes outstanding play from players who are from or played high school football in Texas. The Rams are now 3-3 three and 1-1 three and one and one in the Mountain West as they hit the road to play UNLV Saturday at 5 p.m. CSU Soccer won both matches against Colorado College and Air Force in shutout fashion last week. Freshman midfielder Mia Casey scored the second hat trick in program history against Colorado College on Thursday. Sophomore forward Olivia Fout scored her 11th goal of the season, which ties the single-season goal-scoring record set by Kaylee Lordman in 2019. Goalkeeper Shana Ross stopped all 11 shots that she faced en route to the 6th and 7th shutouts of the season for the Rams. Ross's 7 shutouts this season is tied for 2nd most in program history. Mia Casey and Shayna Ross were both recognized by the Mountain West Conference this week. Casey earned Freshman of the Week, while Ross won Defensive Player of the Week. CSU travels to Albuquerque for a match with New Mexico on Thursday at 7.30 p.m. before returning home for Senior Day against San Diego State at 1 p.m. on Sunday. CSU Volleyball won both matches last week with a five-set thriller against Air Force on Thursday. On Saturday, the Rams earned their first road sweep of the season, knocking off New Mexico in three sets. Malaya Jones led the team and the conference in kills with 35 on the week. Her performances earned her Mountain West Conference Player of the Week, her second time earning this award this season. The Rams return home for one match on Thursday against Fresno State and will be on the road against Nevada on Saturday. Thursday's match can be heard on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins, or on our YouTube page at KCSU Video. For CSU men's and women's basketball, Isaiah Stevens and McKenna Hofshield were both tabbed Mountain West Preseason Player of the Year for men's and women's hoops. Hofshield was also added to the Lieberman Awards watch list. CSU Swim and Dive beat both Air Force and New Mexico in duels last Friday and Saturday. The Rams won 14 individual events and all four relays against the two teams. The Rams are now 2-1 in duels for the fall season. I'm Austin Martin, and this is what's going on in sports this week.
The weather has definitely been feeling like it's been going back and forth. Some days feel hot, some days feel cold. These past few weeks have been prime examples of the randomness that can be Colorado weather. Luckily though, these next few days will stay pretty consistent, but will be running a bit hotter than the past few days. Today has sunny skies with a high of 83 and a breeze that could pick up to as high as 30 miles an hour. Tonight we'll see some clouds as temperatures dip to a low of 44 degrees. It'll stay pretty breezy, but winds won't pick up quite as much as they did during the day. Wednesday will be mostly clear and a little cooler. Tomorrow's high will sit at around 73 degrees, and the breeze will be gentler than what it was today. Wednesday night will maintain that mostly clear sky as the low for a second time in a row will drop to about 44 degrees. Thursday will run more similar to today, with the sunny sky and a high near 80 Thursday night's low will be 3 for 3. It'll be another night of a low of 44 degrees, and skies will remain clear through the evening. Information for this forecast comes from the National Weather Service. And that is all for today. We would like to thank Damien Castile for our amazing theme music that's playing right now. We would also like to thank the rest of our staff here at KCSU and Rocky Mountain Student Media. We couldn't do this without you. Finally, we couldn't do this without you, dear listener, so thank you. If you missed any part of today's show, you can find the RMR podcast on kcsufm.com under the news or podcast section, or you can also find us on Spotify or anywhere else you listen to your podcasts by searching KCSU News. And with that, we'll see you next time.